Hello and welcome to a brand new all upbeat not talking about Ukraine episode of Loathsome Things, a horror movie podcast. I am here. My name is Josh. I am your host. Also here, also your host is John. John, how are you on this fine podcast recording day? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about uh, this delightful movie and uh, and not to talk about Ukraine. Yeah. And and how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm also excited to talk about this marvelous movie and to not talk about Ukraine. Excrement. <laughs> yes. John, what are we watching today and why are we watching it? Oh, man. Well, today we are watching a film that uh, is was, was made in 2018 by a director who, uh, his name's Gareth Evans. He's probably best known uh, for the um, Raid movies. Yes. Which are, you know, all Indonesian cast, if I remember, or, or primarily. And uh, it's just a bunch of guys raiding a, uh, a basically a high-rise building that's taken over by a bunch of uh, criminals. And they just battle their way up floor by floor. And it's amazing. Yes. And if you mean a bunch of guys battling their way up, you if by that you mean mostly just one dude. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. been a while. <laughs> it's a it's a, a SWAT team that has to go in and it's a high rise and every level is just full of like criminals and, mm -hmm. and drug addicts and just, yes. and at the very top of the building is the crime Lord. And, and his whole deal is uh, at a certain point in it is, Oh, they're raiding us. Uh, whoever kills them all gets free rent for life. Um, and so this dude is in there and it's, it's, it's a great movie. It is, it is just amazing. Um, and Gareth Evans made a sequel to it. It's also really good. It's a little bit sillier. It involves mm -hmm. a guy that uh, his Kung Fu move is hitting a baseball with a baseball bat at people. It's like, oh, okay. Sure. Yeah, why not? And there was going to be the Raid 3, but uh, there were production delays and Gareth Evans eventually got bored with the idea. He was like, yeah, I'm working on Apostle now. I don't really feel like going back to the Raid, but they had signed up Tony Jaw to be in that movie. <sighs> And it was going to be very, very exciting. But no, no, we got we got Apostle basically instead of the Raid 3, which I'm okay with that, kind of. Yeah, and speaking of Apostle, that's the movie we're going to be talking about. That's true, yes, not the Raid. <laughs> <laughs> what else oh. did Gareth, he did the Safe Haven segment of VHS 2. I was trying to remember which one that was. Yeah, me too. You remember that didn't. one? No, nope. uh, I could look it up, but yeah, fuck it. No, <laughs> all of those. I love like the VHS movies, the uh, ABCs of horror, all of those. We keep uh, Southbound. We see, keep, keep seeing those crop up in uh, in the list of credits. And I'm always like, I don't remember that one. <laughs> if it's if it's not p -p 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 scary, then I don't know what it's talking about. <laughs> there were some great ones. I don't I don't remember if this was one of them. So yes. there you go. <laughs> I guess he's what is he? He was working on another movie with Timothy Oliphant and Tom Hardy and uh and Forrest Whitaker, Crazy oh, Eyes Whitaker. Yep, called Havoc. Hmm. 
And okay. uh, also uh, that one's scheduled for this year, as well as a movie called Undying Love, which is an adaptation of a graphic novel about an ex-soldier who falls for a vampire. And in order to be with her, he must take on her creator, who is protected by an army of monsters in the Hong Kong underworld. So basically the raid, but with vampires. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The basement raid. Yeah. <laughs> That sounds good. I'll, I'll watch it. This, what if this time they had to go down? <laughs> oh, man. It's going to be revolutionary. Uh, let's see. Uh, this movie stars Dan Stevens, who you'd probably know from the Marvel series Legion on FX. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christine Froseth, who is uh, who stars in Frank Calfun's Prey, which is a pretty good little horror movie. I think that's the one where the the girl is stuck on the uh, deserted on an island with a monster, but I might oh. be getting that confused. Okay. Yeah, there's Mark Lewis Jones, who is just great in this movie. Uh, he's not from anything in particular. He's just a bunch of awesome dudes and a bunch of awesome things. Is Lots he of giant ginger? Yes, mega ginger. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, he's yes. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and this movie is, I guess, L- rising star Lucy Boynton. It looks like after this movie, she's getting more and more famous and getting bigger and more important roles. So that's cool. That's the redhead, right? Yeah. Uh, Andrea, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. She's Gorgeous. great in this movie. They're all really good in this movie. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's well acted for sure. Yeah. And of course the, the, cod piece of this entire endeavor we have the incomparable michael sheen holding it down fucking love michael sheen (laughs) he is great in everything and he is great in this (laughs) he looks like if you took you and combined you with me (laughs) you would have michael sheen (laughs) and we both lost weight and we both lost weight and learned how to act. Yeah. <laughs> Had a really, really attractive Welsh accent. This is basic, basically what we're doing right now is a really terrible version of the TV show that they did with David Tennant. Yes. yes. Oh, shit. I can't remember what it's called, of course. I know. I can't either. And it's so good. Oh, it's called Staged. That's right. That's yeah. right. Go watch Staged. And also go watch Gareth Evans's Apostle. Yeah. Yeah, uh, because we're going to talk, talk the balls off of it. Yeah, like we're going to talk about how Michael Sheen's most interesting acting choice in this movie is how he holds the stick with his hand <laughs> in a way that it looks the most uncomfortable. <laughs> That's correct. <laughs> yeah, you really want like those splinters going right into the webbing of your finger. Yeah. <laughs> right where it hurts the most. <laughs> So, so go watch it. I think we both would agree it's worth watching. And oh, yeah. uh, that's all that needs to be said about that before we spoil the fucks. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, so, yeah. So we discover at the beginning uh, we, that uh, this, the, the main character's name is Thomas. And we discover that his sister, Jennifer, has been taken by some sort of a cult. And uh, he, they, they've sent this like ransom letter, basically warning, you know, don't send the police, don't, you know, they're 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 their own little world out here. Um, and so they they and they they're basically asking for a ransom because their father is super rich. Mm-hmm. And uh, Thomas looks like he just pulled his head out of the devil's asshole. <laughs> so clearly, Thomas has had a rough go of late. 
And uh, the father is clearly quite disappointed in him. So this is like his chance for redemption. You know, he's going to go rescue his sister. Um, well, he kind of he kind of volunteers himself, doesn't he, too? I don't know. It's kind of confusing. Um, this movie, this movie is definitely a movie that you have to pay very careful attention to, because yeah. if you don't, you'll have no idea what's going on. So there's a plot. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> at points like there, there are still a few things in this movie that I'm not quite clear on. This this movie is like the Shakespeare of of the ritual. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> With very strong acting, Shakespearean level acting. Also, Fantastic. yeah. Yeah. Also, some elongated passages of it's kind of boring. A little bit. <laughs> it drags a little bit at times. Yeah. And also, they look like they're living on the the set of like the movie Popeye with uh, with Robin Williams <laughs> mixed with like some sort of gold rush western movie from like the 50s yeah yeah <laughs> the, the, it is. it's it's popeye's hatari <laughs> it's just like where where is this place exactly and why are all the boards so shiny <laughs> yeah. it's a it's it's quite a set design it's a <laughs> I, I really like that on top of the like intense set design there's this whole like focus of him making a map of the whole town and it's like there is no way you needed that <laughs> his map it's got like four circles on it those are all the buildings yes oh now i know how to get around <laughs> the map that he never uses yeah, yeah, the map that he created from memory so that he could reference it later for no reason. So that it could half hang out of the drawer later for the guys to find immediately? Yep. Like, okay, that's fine, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah, so we see on the we see on the mantelpiece at his father's place, his father's a complete ass face. Oh, yeah. The power of his resurrection lies in the touch of his suffering. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's, you know, and oh, yeah, stay hidden among his, why am I doing this? I don't know. It's good. Stay, stay hidden among his flock, but but do not pay the ransom until you see her alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And so that dude's the father or is the the crumpled waif in the other room that is no longer speechable? Is like, Maybe that's I, the father. Yeah. Is that the father? And that yeah. other guy is like his spokesperson or something? Like his conservator or so I don't know. Yeah. His it's father confusing. Is, his father is Howard Hughes. And then <laughs> I don't, yeah. It, it doesn't really matter that much, to be it, honest. It really doesn't because they never come back into the story. Nope. He just wants to rescue his sister. That's all you really need to know. Yeah. And then so so quickly you see him. Um he's there, he's he's got some sort of a drug addiction. He's got a little dropper. He, his hair's cut now. He looks more presentable, but um, oddly troubled at all times. He's got that. <laughs> yes. <he's> got the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he, he is uh, Dan Simmons, uh, Dan Stevens, sorry. Dan Stevens is good at face acting. The character that he's portraying, Thomas, cannot hold it together at all at no. any point he's just the most suspicious looking he's incredibly suspicious it's so ridiculous so yeah what better way to get ready to go rescue your sister than to like 
Duke droppers full of laudanum, I assume, is what that was. Or it's probably morphine or something. Or morphine or something, yeah. yeah. We find out later why he's a drug addict and why he's, he's a ne'er-do-well. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Why so, he has fallen from grace, basically. <laughs> yes, exactly. So he's, you know, he basically knows his sister's been taken. He's going there. It's some sort of weird cult. And uh, that he needs to basically, in, you know, hide among these people and try to act like one of them. It, really, not a lot to go on, to be honest. Yeah. So, so they when they arrive at this grungy port, which looks like the City of Lost Children movie, mm-hmm. and yes. uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> check. And uh, <laughs> there's no no like no heathen souvenirs allowed. No, you know, n- no trinkets, no doodads that you you know remind you of your life back on the 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 heathen you know land mainland yeah, yeah uh, no king's, books the king's mainland yeah no, no yeah. books no no nothing and uh so they're waiting in line to to basically get checked through the ellis island of hell mm-hmm. and uh the, he realizes oh shit my i don't have the right magic ticket yeah like i i'm i'm not going to be able to get in they're going to catch me and so um in one of one of many deus ex machina moments in the movie <laughs> <laughs> this old man, this old idiot just happens to like, oh, this would be a great moment for me to completely reshuffle all the contents of my suitcase um, because I guess he didn't have his ticket out or so. I know he did have it out. No, he did. So it's, it's, that's how he saw, he saw that there's like a red smudge on his ticket and no one right. else has a red smudge on theirs. That's right. And so I guess it's when they're declaring, Hey, get all of your heathen souvenirs out of the way. That guy's like, Oh, I better de-souvenir my briefcase. And so he yeah. like opens it up and is like taking out his, his, you know, abhorrent uh, books. Flashlight. And <laughs> playgirl magazines and uh so dan stevens or thomas uh goes and is like oh here let me help you out brother and does a little switcheroo where like here i'll i'll pretend that this is your ticket and so now the guy that he helped has his red smooch ticket and he's got the normie one so now it's all as well he's gonna he gets back in line uh welcome uh, what does he say welcome aboard welcome brother yeah and then, uh, gets him on the boat and then he turns around to look like just very obviously turns around to look it's like dude you're you're not for people that are clearly suspicious of outsiders you're not doing a good job of like ingratiating yourself among them (laughs) watching it happen (laughs) watching as the guy like takes the old man's card looks at it goes welcome brother and then puts a little white chalk x on the side of his suitcase He's like, like, oh, yeah, this isn't going to end well for this old, this old dick. (laughs) So they, 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 they walk their way out, you know, they, they get on these little smaller rowboats and that takes them into the bay up to the island. And uh, the, one of the ladies on the boat is, you know, she doesn't recognize him from the prayer meeting. So there's like this weird encounter between the two of them. And, uh, and then we, uh, we see like there's this bit where like the water, this water like washes over the boat and there's a lamb kept over, you know, because you just keep lambs on your boat. That's, yeah, no. yeah, you got to keep a lamb. And so it knocks the lamb out of its little lamb cubby and Thomas like grabs it like to, to put it back or rescue it or whatever. And this this old dude is like, <laughs> takes, the, <laughs> takes the lamb away and just... <laughs> 
and just shoots it down the boat into the ocean. Yeah, shuffleboard style. <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> it's so wrong. And Thomas is like, oh my God. And what's the guy say? Let the... Let the because if it's God's will, we should not interfere or something like that. Yeah, and it, it sounds like a Bible quote, but it's like obviously not a Bible quote. <laughs> yes, it's clearly not a This guy just hates lambs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that noise. <laughs> Fucking lamb. <laughs> so so they they uh they <laughs> that's right. So they head on, they, they head over there and you see them as they come over the ridge. It's like crossy island, like this. Mm-hmm. There's crosses everywhere and they they have the gang line up and they're being checked for, you know, they're like checking their tongue and looking in their eyes to see, I guess, if they're bringing some obvious disease with them or something. Yeah, very obvious. Let me check your tonsils. Let me check your eye mucus. All right, you're <laughs> good. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, Thomas, you know, he, he passes this check, even though he probably had the glassiest eyes i would imagine if if he's all hopped up on juice but um (laughs) and then he starts he starts chatting with this kid uh jeremy and uh he finds out you know you find out really quickly that jeremy's got a crush on this girl fian yeah fian two f's fian Two apps. Yeah. And then we see this gigantic, like lurky, suspicious ginger guy who turns out to be Quinn. Oh, and, yeah. And uh, who also turns out to be Fian's father, which, you know, all of this is going to end really well. It's going to be good. He's so sweaty, like always <laughs> sweaty on the neck and just like, mm. so yeah. sweaty on this cold, wet island. <laughs> <laughs> And then Thomas meets Andrea, who happens to be the daughter of the guy that basically like runs the island, Malcolm. And uh, she's super good looking. And they obviously hit it off right away. And uh, and clearly this is also going to end really well. Oh, yeah. What could go wrong? (laughs) So he sees like she's got, she had some kind of smudge on her face and he takes his handkerchief out to wipe it off. Yeah. I I think it was blood. Was it blood? And then she says, don't, don't tell or something like that. It's like, tell who? Tell them what? <laughs> yeah, I think was, <sighs> part of it was that he met her, didn't he meet her and they're on their way to church and she's like late to church. I don't oh. know. Maybe it wasn't blood. Maybe it was, maybe it was cum. I don't know. <laughs> it could be anything. I thought it was lipstick. I'm like, what is she like making out with the lipstick lady or something? Oh, I could see her making out with the lipstick lady. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I'll just go with she was she didn't want anybody to notice that she was late, which is fine because nobody cared anyway. Yeah. And he was late and nobody said a word. Yeah. Um, So he he, he goes into the church. He joins the group. They're all having their their service up at the front is Malcolm Michael Sheen delivering his extremely dramatic uh, service, you know, uh, doing the whole fire brimstone type business. And uh, so then we see like Thomas looks at, we see somebody pass by the window and then Thomas notices and it's like this old lady and uh, Malcolm sees as well and realizes that you know, nobody else has seen, obviously sees her except yeah. these two. So now he's on Michael's radar or I mean on, uh, on Malcolm's radar. Yeah. And uh and he goes on and on and talks about how the goddess has has chosen him as her voice that, you know, she's going to be uh, he's going to be her representative on the island. And if I understood it, he arrived there because they were shipwrecked. 
Is that is that what happened? I think so. Yeah, it's it was it was Malcolm and Quinn and Jeremy's dad, the Frank. other one. It was it Frank. Is that his Frank. name? Yeah. Oh, okay. There was a big uh, storm, and they end up on this island. Apparently, yeah. The three of them end up there and and discover the business. They even have their own Bible. You see where it's like the book of Malcolm or something like yeah. that. Yeah, the book of Malcolm. <laughs> it's like very overly decorative and like it's got the the leather pressed over wood so that it has shapes and everything. It's very nice. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm I'm really impressed that they were able to gild their own Bible um on an island that has nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then then like later on at some point Thomas spots this like I don't know if he sees it, but he's looking down the hallway in this building and you see like this melty moss, like it's doing like the honeydew yeah. decay decay thing. It's pretty cool looking. Yeah, this but, is a very honeydew movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't really explain it, but you know, obviously there's something going on with the goddess and all this 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 business. And then they uh we 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 now we've cut to they've got the old man who with his hat off looked about 15 years younger. At first I thought it was someone else. Yeah. Um and they're torturing this guy. He's got like cuts and blood and he's all banged up and terrified. And <clears throat> it, uh, Malcolm, who obviously is the intelligent one, figures out right away that this isn't the, they, he suspects they have an intruder and this is not the one. Mm-hmm. That this, this is, you know, this guy got duped by the intruder. So, you know, since, since he was, he's innocent, he didn't do anything wrong, you know, so they, so they slit his throat. Yeah. Yeah. And Malcolm's real sad about it. He's like, I'm so sorry. I promised you that you were coming to paradise and uh, here you are suffering. And then just done. And he looks at the other guy and goes, <clears throat> gives him that look like it's, it's time. Yeah. <laughs> Slash his throat. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. And Thomas had seen them earlier whenever he was going into the church. He saw the like local brute squad, which just looked like everyone else, but they have like leather ponchos or whatever and little billy clubs and uh he saw them dragging him into the room of uh into the one house where only bad things happen that's right yeah and and so this is after the sermon malcolm and company go in there and and lay down some law those guys are all like jackbooted with leather and they they look like you know cast of like i'm trying to think of some other Oh yeah, what's the like Victor? Oh, steampunk. They look like steampunk guys. Yeah, yeah, steam steampunk bad guys. Yeah, <laughs> like okay. <laughs> um, then the movie switches, and we now go to Jeremy and Fionn who are fucking in a rowboat. It's like, oh, okay, wow. Well, maybe maybe this is just that kind of an island. Turns out, no, no, it's not that kind of an island. <laughs> Not that kind of an island, but I'm sure that she didn't get pregnant. Nay, of course not. Thomas, it's at night. He starts snooping around on all of the islanders. He sees them cutting their arms and bleeding into their receptacles. That was one of the things whenever they were standing in line. Well, that's right. They were like, here, get your get your uh, squish of bread and your receptacle. <laughs> and it's just a jar. And it turns out that everyone has a jar to bleed in um gross <laughs> yeah yeah um he also sees that malcolm gro- has a secret basement and he's like "Ooh, i i want to go in there and see what's in malcolm's secret basement maybe it's my sister um and while he's sneaking around he bumps into jeremy and fiona as they're coming back from fucking and uh then now he's got this like you know hey 
Jeremy, you're my dude now. We are we are now dudes. Everything's okay as long as we stay dudes, Jeremy. Um, and after he's done sneaking, he goes back to his room. He sees that outside of each door in the hallway is a jar full of blood. And there's his jar and it's outside of his door and it's empty. So he goes and pours out some of his neighbor's jar blood into his jar and... Um, goes to unlock the door and there's like a sharp thorn on the key cuts his thumb drips some blood onto the floor and then we as he goes inside we see the uh old lady from the window from earlier underneath the floorboards lapping up his dropped blood like just a crazy person so disgusting really really getting after it like how she really likes that blood man that floor looks like it's having a great time (laughs) also what is with the spiky key i didn't understand the spiky key i think it's just there to make it easier to bleed i guess i guess that's what they use yeah Yeah, if you're in if you're in hotel blood of then uh everyone gets a spiky key but uh (laughs) it also doesn't it I don't understand how mobile she is. I don't either, because half the time she's stuck in branches. Yeah. She's and the like other trapped. half, she's running through meat gulch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just just chasing him around in the doo-doo shoot. Oh, man. Just packed full of bones and living chicken and gelatin. <laughs> Um, but at this point, I do want to mention uh, the the soundtrack for this movie is intense. We even get it in the opening credits. Uh, there's like this whole thing where he's uh, he's reading the letter that uh, he had been sent about his sister, and it's very Ken Burns documentary style writing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then as soon as it's over, it's like <gasps> like it's it's a it's that foghorn style of horror mu- uh, soundtrack that we're getting a lot of now, where like. Part of it is the the sudden onset foghorn noise or then the sudden cut out choir noise, things like that. It's very that. It's kind of maybe getting a little bit cliche at this point, but I'm still enjoying it. And yeah. this is also from like five years ago. So it's fine. That's true. It, what was the uh, what was the fucking movie with Leo DiCaprio where like the people enter in that alternate world or reality where the. The scenery can like fold in on itself and all that shit. Uh, uh, the one that everyone loves talking about how much they love. I fucking hated that movie. Yeah. One of the reasons why I hated that movie is because they use that. <laughs> <laughs> through the whole movie. And it's so loud. I couldn't hear what the people were saying. Yep. Yep. You see lips moving. is just. <laughs> it's like, wow, I really wish this movie had subtitles. Yeah. Apparently that's a huge problem in movies right now is there are lots of movies where it's very hard to understand what they're saying. And uh, I do hate that. I used to have this surround system, like when it was, that was like the thing to get the multi-speaker surround sound system for watching movies and shit. Yeah. But mine was clearly made by an idiot because like (laughs) (laughs) whatever channel the vocals went to was too low. So in order to hear what they were saying, you had to turn it up obscenely loud and but then all the music was so loud you would like shit your pants and so it was like it was just useless i couldn't use it yep yeah it, it's amazing that they have all of this entertainment technology that is so cheap that it actually makes it worse i have a 55 inch 4k tv 
but it's not the real legit 4K where everything's crisp. It's that really shitty, cheap, like Walmart brand type of 4K where technically it's 4K, but you can't see anything. (laughs) It's just a big dark blur. It's literally 4K. (laughs) (laughs) Four bytes. Four Q-U-E, question mark. Four one thousandths of a bite. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah. At this point, Thomas draws a map of the village for no reason other than for people to find it later. We find out from uh, exposition that the crops are failing, that the animals aren't producing healthy offspring, and that the reason that they kidnapped Thomas's sister is for her rich father's money. Uh, We get all of this while Quinn, the big mega ginger, and uh, Malcolm, who is Michael Sheen, are helping give birth to a lamb that is all fucked up. (laughs) It is born with like gills or something. Yeah, it's gross. And uh, they're like, oh, well, this one's fucked up. And uh, uh, Malcolm says to Quinn, she will give us another pure harvest, have faith. And then Quinn disposes of the lamb by dunking it ass first into water and that somehow kills it it's like oh no my ass is wet i can't breathe through my ass now (laughs) the guild lamb apparently dies if its ass touches water yeah (laughs) and this is one of the very many uh, there, we had the lamb earlier, the one that they threw overboard. Now we've got this one, and it keeps going where we get like weird animals being killed in unconvincing ways. It's a strange <laughs> theme in this movie, but you know, whatever. And then they realize, you know, they've got the intruder because they killed uh, they killed old Switchy from from the beginning of the movie. Um, but they don't know who it is now because he he did the switcheroo, and they they know it's one of these new arrivals. So they have a lineup of suspects in the church and they're testing them. And the way that they're testing them is by having them all quote like Jacob Jingleheimer style uh, where like the guy at the front begins the Bible quote from their very specific non-Bible Bible. And then he's like, all right, now stop. And then the next guy has to continue the quote and it's getting down towards Thomas. And Thomas is like, (laughs) oh shit. (laughs) His name is my name too. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, Lucky for Michael, the guy right before him is hiding a knife in his pants and uh, also doesn't know the quote. And so he like, that guy pulls out his knife and is like, ah, for England or whatever. And like tries to attack Malcolm. And so Thomas is like, oh, my opportunity. And he like restrains the guy, gets cut across the chest very mm-hmm. dramatically and then all of the goons who had been i guess standing by with spears just skewer this assassin in the weirdest way like it's very intense their their spears all plunge directly through him but then he's like pinned to the floor somehow standing up but not by any of the spears. Like there's one spear that went through his leg and into the floor, but it doesn't really look like he should be standing up. I like know. he 
he gurgles to death while holding the knife out and then you know something like uh you're you're a bunch of assholes i hate you and then he dies and then they notice thomas is on the floor and he's he's bleeding and and he's like whining way too much because it's like a little scratch he's got like a little scratch root he hasn't been stabbed he has been cut he has a cut he has a boo-boo and they're like get him to the emergency now (laughs) so they rush him they rush him to the to dr andrea and and malcolm's all like intense and he's like cutting his hand he's like you bled for me i'll bleed for you brother and it's like so so like saving private ryany and and the whole time thomas is just like huh what oh oh cool (laughs) exactly according to plan and it's that it's that hollywood thing where like anytime somebody does like a blood you know like let's be blood brothers they always like you know they're like hey i've got an idea let's be blood brothers and they pull out like this like machete (laughs) it's always like the biggest fucking knife you can you know and they're like like slash their whole arm like every time in a movie they do that malcolm did the same thing he palmed a fucking <laughs> steak knife yeah and then just like <laughs> gutted his entire palm wide open yeah gave himself obviously permanent nerve damage like there's no way he's going to be able to feel all of his fingers after that <laughs> severed all of his tendons just so he could put get a little blood out it's never like the little red one dollar gas station knife that also has a toothpick in it it's 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 always the like big deboning knife or the diabetes thing where it's like a tiny little poke and then you bleed 10 gallons like (laughs) (laughs) just like bb king ah we're blood brothers now But yeah, so now now Thomas is beloved by Michael, uh, by Malcolm, and by Malcolm's daughter, Andrea, who stitches him up real nice. You stitch him up real good. <laughs> She's really nice. She even gives him some extra eyedropper hoist. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it, it really doesn't have any bearing on the story, the whole eyedropper of hoist. They just happened to have hoist laying around. Yeah. Later on, he uh, he gives himself a quit, and it's fine. Yeah. It's just, okay. Whatever. That, yeah. that that whole part was just didn't really matter at all. Yeah. So whatever. But uh, yeah. So <laughs> now his sister uh, Jennifer, uh, they've got her chained in the town square um, after uh, Malcolm scream threats his way through town, asking for the intruder to come out like you know demanding that the intruder come out and save the sister so he he obviously knows that you know this this person is there for her and uh i know it's a shock but nobody comes out (laughs) they showed thomas like in his room just like (laughs) he trashes his hoist bottle for no reason (laughs) it's like all right whatever yeah (laughs) never goes through withdrawals or anything or you know that and that's just the end of the hoist part of the movie yep no yeah. more wheeze. And then they they tear out like a chunk of her hair out of Jennifer's hair. And and then like they have these, these kids, like the local kids are coming up and poking her with sticks and one grading <laughs> her hair. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> what is wrong with these fucking people? <laughs> they have no fun on this island. 
again, it's, it's just ridiculous. And then the next morning, like, you know, they show Jennifer like laying in the, she's just laying on the ground in the square. Like they just left her there overnight. And uh, God, it was so weird, but, but Andrea like shows up and, and uh, let's see what's, yeah. Yeah. The kids are, the kids are acting like dicks. Ginger, we cut to G- Malcolm and Ginger talking about like lack of resources and, you know, how the situation's getting dire because the crops aren't growing or whatever. Then we cut back and Andrea shows Jennifer some mercy and gives her a blanket and, you know, tells tells her that you know, nobody's going to hurt her anymore, which is, of course, not true. Super not true. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's ridiculous. And then the goons take her away and and uh, Thomas and Jeremy see this and Tom, they're, they're like working on the roof of some building and Thomas tells Jeremy, be ready. <laughs> And then we cut to, to Fian, who is um, in her cabin, whatever. It looks disgusting. Outhouse. She's outhouse. She's in the outhouse. That's right. And she's she's checking out the vajayjay with a mirror. Yeah. I guess to see if there's like a baby up in there. I don't know what she's... <laughs> not exactly sure what she's looking for, but... It feels so pregnant down there. What's yeah. going on? It's just great. Of course, her dad spots this. Yeah. Because, because all the buildings on this on this island have giant holes in the walls that you can just look right through. Yeah. Now, now to be fair, it's not that he just like noticed it in glancing. He is like leering. Yeah. Yes. He's full (laughs) on watching his, his daughter. I assume in his mind was probably going to drop a deuce. I don't know. (laughs) I guess so. What is she doing in there? Pooping? So it's like what, what this is okay it's like whatever <laughs> we'll just let that go so now he knows so you know that 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 can't be good and then uh then the they they cut to this like shindig this like dance festival thing where andrea explains to thomas what you don't like to have fun or something like that and Oh, there's that great shot before where he sees that kid in the hallway, like the yeah. end of the long hallway with the mask on. Yeah. It's all creepy looking. And and then he pretends to pull out like a gun and shoot the kid. And the kid like fakes being hit and then laughs and runs away. <laughs> and then he runs yeah. away. Like, okay, it's, whatever. It's supposed to reflect earlier in that hallway shot. Like we could see the, the goddess at the back of the hallway watching him while he was looking at jars full of blood. And then now that thing's there. And so we're supposed to be like, oh, but it, it's nothing. Yeah, yeah, it turns out it's just a cool shot that, that that had no reference to anything. Yeah. So then they're they're at this thing. They're being kind of flirty with each other and uh, great. And then Thomas and Jeremy, uh, they they do this. They, they, they break off and they they go under. What is it? Under this building. And they're they're going to try to break in through the floor, like under the floorboards or something like that. I think is what it's, it was. It's a uh, it. I think it's it's Malcolm's house, and oh. so they they go into the, like the crawl space underneath it. And Malcolm's uh, basement area, instead of it being planks of shiny wood, is planks of uh, bricks and and mortar made out of cake and icing. You know, <laughs> that's right. And uh, and so he, they're going to they're going to go in there and, and hammer their way into the brick uh, basement. So there's like this really awkward scene where he's Thomas is listening to the rhythm of the drums and the music at the festival so that he can time his hammer blows <laughs> to the music. But it, it goes on for way too long. It's like, man, this dude has no rhythm at all. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and Jeremy is even like, are you going to do it? He's like, oh, and it was like, just as he was about, like he was getting the rhythm down. He's like, yeah, dun, 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 dun. are you going to do it? God damn it, Jeremy. <laughs> and when he goes to hammer and he just goes, bah, 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 bah. Like, okay, he's not going to fool anyone. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was, was like okay, whatever. And then uh, so and then they cut to uh, Malcolm and Quinn and the goons are searching. Uh, they're searching Thomas's cabin, and that's when they find the map just half hanging out of a drawer. Yeah. And uh, they figure out they they figure out very quickly that Thomas is in the secret cellar under Malcolm's floor, or at least the cellar that you get into from Malcolm's floor, and. Uh, and then Jeremy's dad, Frank, uh, basically finds him and tells him to get the fuck out of there. He like, because Jeremy's still under the building and like Frank grabs his ankles and pulls him out like, aha, oh shit. <laughs> God get damn it, kid, out get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> like at the last possible second. And then, uh, then in the meantime, uh, they, oh yeah, these guys decide they're going to have this plan that they're going to like, they're going to flush Thomas out of there. And uh, now Andrea is now eavesdropping through a hole in the wall somewhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so Thomas gets down into this, like, it's like the sewer of this place. But the sewer looked like it was filled with, like, liquid meat mush. Yeah. It was, like, red and, br- like, like looked like shit and meat. Yeah. And also like disgusting. Yeah. Like what if you spray painted styrofoam so that you would have chunks that always (laughs) floated on the top, like you're in a uh, trash compactor in star Wars. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's right. And then he discovers that uh, he's not alone. Well, he's not alone. He discovers there's a chicken down there. That's alive. (laughs) Freaks all the way out when he passes by it. And then he sees the chicken like, well, I thought he passed by the chicken. But anyways, the chicken's in front of him and you see the chicken go, and then pulled down (laughs) under the muck. And he realizes he's not alone down there. And then up pops the goddess and she's (laughs) chasing him around in the shit. He's slow chasing him through shit gulch. (laughs) So he's like very slowly crawling backwards and, and he gets through some hole in a wall and She's just gone. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's like nothing ever happened. <laughs> okay, whatever. Yeah, and um, where so where he escapes to, it's a, a cave full of like really cool cave paintings. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess they're supposed to be like from the people that lived there before, maybe, unless it was like, this is where Andrea goes to draw. I don't know. But it's very um, the empty man style of uh, mm-hmm. cave painting. Very cool, enjoyable to see. Um, and then it it takes us over to where <clears throat> Malcolm is now uh, in a different part of the basement area where uh, where the goddess is. And we see now that the goddess is enthroned and trapped in all of these roots that go everywhere and she can't get out. She's basically on like root life support, uh, folk horror life support. And uh, he's like cutting his hand to feed her mouth with his hand blood. 
And uh, we're also introduced to a guy that I believe is technically called the grinder, but oh, I call what? him, yeah, I call him baseball head because he looks like if you take the rawhide off of a baseball, that's what his head looks like. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and uh, he is covered in blood and is not a person anymore. He's just kind of a a meat servant for the goddess or maybe for Malcolm. I'm not really sure. And the movie doesn't bother to ever explain that, which is nope. fine. That's fine. No. Nope. And he's the only like supernatural-ish minion that she has. Yeah. Yeah. It's the only supernatural things in this movie are her and baseball head. Yeah. <laughs> and baseball head also, he's, I guess he's supposed to represent, this movie is very into the, boundary between the between nature and industry or technology mm-hmm. and he's like that one of those boundary things because in addition to him being part of feeding this lady he also well we'll get to we'll get to that he's he he has toys he does he does the grinder has toys the grinder has toys um so while this is going on, basically like Malcolm's like threatening her, like if you don't give us a pure harvest, we will starve you and you will starve and we'll just leave or whatever, but you'll be left here to starve by yourself or whatever. Um, and it switches over and now we see that Andrea has somehow found Thomas in his cave of many paintings and she knew to bring him clothes. So she she brought him clothes to change into that weren't covered in shit. And at this point, she sees a scar on his back and it is a giant cross on his back, which pretty gross. At this point, we get him flashing back to whenever he was a missionary pastor in Peking during the Boxer Rebellion, where all of his flock of uh, missionaries were slaughtered by the Boxers and... um, and he was branded with a giant iron red hot cross instead of being killed. And apparently that was enough for him to leave the clergy and lead a life of drug addiction and face looking. Yeah. Doesn't he beg God to intervene? And then when nothing happens, I guess he loses his faith. Yeah. Father, why have you forsaken me? Yeah, now I have to drip hoist under my into my mouth <laughs> yeah. and look like a hobo. Yeah, now I'm a little CBD addict everywhere I go. <laughs> it's a tincture. Yeah, trust in my self righteous suicide. It's fine. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, it got chop suey in here. Um. Uh, she takes him on a tour of the uh, crop fields where he can see that all of the crops are rotting, a la honeydew. It's very, very fungusy looking and moldy and gross. Um, switch back to town where they are not knowing about any of this stuff. And Fionn is telling Jeremy that she's totes pregnard. He's happy and he goes to do something. Like, does he go to get her a gift? I don't know. He leaves. He's like, yeah. you're pregnant? Bye. I'll be right back, I swear. I just have to go get cigarettes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I have he... to propel this story forward. <laughs> yeah. He leaves and uh, then Quinn comes in and apparently he overheard it or something. Yes. S- somehow he knows and, and Fionn and Quinn talk about it. He's very disappointed in his daughter. And uh, he's like looming and saying that he's going to do something about it. And then by the time 
Jeremy gets back and he he comes in. He sees that uh, Quinn has performed a complete murder abortion where he just killed his daughter by aborting the fetus by stabbing her in the stomach over and over and over again and just like slicing her open. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty. I mean, you don't even see it happen, but just no. seeing her laying there is brutal. Yeah, it's uh, it's um. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it is. It is an uncaring shot. And it it's wow. Yeah, he's a nuclear level bad person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so Jeremy being a fucking badass immediately gets into a tussle with the dude. And even though this dude is like an entire tank <laughs> of a human being and Jeremy is just a little squirrel person, he's like holding his own hand. He even like slices Quinn's neck open with the knife that Quinn was holding. Mm-hmm. And uh, but because Quinn is respected in the community, he makes it outside, calls for help and then levels the finger at Jeremy and says, he murdered my daughter. And uh, <laughs> Jeremy's like, no, it's a lie. He's like, he did it, get him. And so Jeremy has to run away. Then Quinn starts uh, uh, telling everyone what to do. Like, hey, you have to get the, uh, the uh, like, the sin forgiver or whatever it is that they call it. And they're like, you don't have the authority to do that. You're not Malcolm. And he's like, fuck you i'm malcolm now <laughs> so he, he's still there he's like holding his neck together with his hand and staging a coup and like <laughs> telling them to like murder jeremy and all of this stuff it's it's a pretty impressive piece of uh multitasking yeah yeah i gotta hand it to him yeah and so they they grab what i call the head can opener which is uh it's a machine that they strap him down to they vice his wrists they vice his ankles and then they vice his head and we even get like one shot that's supposed to be from his perspective where like we hear a crunch and then we see blood go over the lens and it's and then it's just a, a little twirly piece that goes into the skull cracks it open pulls a big old chunk out and now and then you even see like the little bits of hair sticking to the sides of the can opener and yeah. uh, uh quinn pulls out like a rose petal or something yeah and shoves it into the empty brain hole as a symbol of purity and uh, there rests jeremy yeah that was intense i love the guys with the black coney hats yeah <laughs> like, it's, it's, they just look that's such a great look yeah uh, uh, it's not really, and I also like how they're doing this move right here. Yes, yeah, yeah. the triangle <laughs> of overheld fingers. Yeah, like the church steeple, church, and this is the church, and this is the steeple with the thumbs and pinkies, and then yeah. the other fingers interlocked. And then that guy reaches in and gives the gives the uh, what is he? Oh, he gives him pliers, like to put. It's like p- dirty pliers to put a rose petal in his brain hole. Yeah, it's yeah, so disgusting. And he doesn't just. He doesn't just tat, like just barely put. He like sticks that thing all the way in there. Oh yeah, he's going for the brainstem. Like that's that's where forgiveness lies. Oh man, it's so good. <laughs> and I skipped over it pretty quick, but the fight scene between Quinn and Jeremy is like you're you're really getting a little piece of uh, of Gareth's um, Gareth Gareth Evans's uh, uh, like the raid fight choreography in there because even though it is brief, it is like instantly intense and mm-hmm. like brutal all the way through and then it's just over yeah yeah that's true he really does go he, he he's very good at directing violence yes <laughs> it definitely comes out there um 
so uh, yeah, so Frank has uh, decided that he's going to, he says she has to die. He's got a gun. I assume he's going for Andrea, if I remember correctly, because, right, he wants to exact his revenge. I think he's going for the goddess, because like at this oh, point, we've even yeah. seen, um, yeah, <laughs> we've seen, uh, like he had planned on leaving earlier, and Matt was right. like, nah, man, you got to oh, stay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like the least into it of the three original dudes. And he's like, man, this place sucks now. <laughs> he's like, nah, stick around. It'll get better. Yeah, it'll get better, really. <laughs> so yeah, he, freak, he freaks out. He's, she's a, she has to die. And then we see that that Thomas has, um, he's, they had him like chained up. So he's watching all this stuff go on with Jeremy. So he breaks free with with like spears, basically. Like he just, murder attacks the guards that are holding him at bay with spears and this like super masculine like ultra spear festival yeah very very quick burst of violence very cool he takes off runs into the woods uh sees the goddess you know she's out there tracking him and uh in the meantime we cut back to frank and he's like coming out of this house and all of a sudden he gets shot well he's he's been shot by a baseball head yeah and um he because <laughs> baseball tells, heads got toys like that that thing has right. a gun it has no eyes but it can shoot a gun like hell and thomas sees this and baseball head can't see thomas because he's kind of hiding on the side of the building and frank as he's dying tells him to burn it all down yeah which is kind of like echoes what the assassin had mentioned you know that this place is going to burn or you heathens are going to burn or something like that yep so Thomas runs over and hides real quickly under the house. There's like a crawl space under the house. And then he gets, he gets up in through the floorboards. Cause I guess baseball head is left at this point. Yeah. And uh, he, he gets up into the house through the, the floorboards. And then we cut over and Quinn is, is, is confronted by Malcolm and they have this little bit of a standoff. And now apparently Malcolm's had a change of heart, you know, now he realizes that um, f- killing people and feeding them to the, uh nettle which is <laughs> not a nice thing to do yeah because apparently he's like had some sort of ethical you know outburst or whatever and then quinn shoots him yeah and he, he falls through this this hatch in the ground and lands at the bottom of the ladder and so we you know he leaves him for dead of course he assumes he's dead of course he's not dead um spoiler alert yeah. and then uh <laughs> and then we cut to a baseball head who has this uh amazing like grinder table that that like it's it's like it's like what like in every horror movie where there's like some sort of mechanism like in the fun house where you know like but of course this one's designed specifically for torturing people or for killing people um but it's like two wheels basically with like big knobbies on them and he cranks it and they they roll together and like gears and then it as that's happening it's pulling the victim in this case it happens to be thomas <laughs> towards the gears where they're going to get uh, meat crushed and fed to the to the uh branch lady yeah yeah earlier we saw him doing it uh, i think it was jeremy's body that we saw half oh, ground yeah. up that's and right he, he like takes big wads of the pulped ground up flesh that's and right. puts it into like a, a oil funnel and like oh, yeah. shoves that into the goddess's mouth so that she's just like drinking the fluid as it drains out of the pulp. It's like, oh, good. The only piece of plastic on the island. <laughs> yeah. 
is the meat funnel for the goddess. <laughs> it's so I'm gross. Just, <laughs> like handfuls of... <laughs> so disgusting it's so gross and and we did we did skip over a spot before quinn shot malcolm it's one of those little double barrel shotguns oh right um the first shot he tried to shoot baseball head for some reason yeah like he like aimed it right at him and shot and it just went wide i guess like there's like a little magic force field around baseball head where he can't get shot or whatever and after one shot he was like i don't feel like trying to shoot him again And then he yeah, just was, shoots Malcolm instead. He shoots Malcolm instead. It's like, I can probably actually shoot Malcolm, so I might as well. I want to shoot someone. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we get this, like, you know, Thomas is, is struggling to get out from, you know, under this thing. And he, he manages to, uh, oh, well, first he gets, like, one of his hands goes in the grinder thing. Oh, yeah. and he loses three of his fingers, so all he has is the thumb and the pointer. Yes. Like, real, just, yeah. The bloody shape. L stump. Yeah, yeah. The shape of an L on her forehead. <laughs> but I guess it like gets his hand free, so he's able to with his two remaining, well, one remaining finger and thumb. Uh. <laughs> he's able to unhook himself just enough um, to where he he gets a hook. Ultimately, gets a hook into Baseball Head's head. Yeah, like where his doesn't have eyes would be, and. Uh, hooks him which i thought he was going to pull him through the thing but instead he crushes his head with a giant weight which i guess is the counterweight to pull people i I guess it was was like it looked like a giant brass ball or something yeah we thought we were going to get a really cool shot of baseball head getting pushed through his own grinder but gareth was like nah nope (laughs) (laughs) okay You had you you set the whole situation up and then you didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. <laughs> Counterweight. That'll be more fun. <laughs> I know. It's like, God damn it. Really? Uh, so, okay. Yeah. But that's that happened. Oh uh, yeah. That and that's that's how it that's how it goes down. Um the goddess is super horny to meet Thomas. Uh she does a whole like Vulcan mind meld thing with him where she shows him. Not her history, but specifically her history with Malcolm, Mm -hmm. where it's like, not like, hey, look at how cool I am. She's like, check out my relationship with Malcolm and these dudes. It's like, oh, okay. I guess we're white colonial focused still. I guess that makes sense. (laughs) Right. Um, And uh, it it switches between this and uh, Quinn preaching to all the people. Uh, Wait, no, no, no. He's, he's, that's right. He's taken, Quinn has taken um, Jennifer, right? Mm-hmm, Jennifer. And Jennifer and Andrea, and he's locked them in a special rape room that he has. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like a bathroom. Uh, it's yeah. like all white subway tile in there. And uh, he's preaching to them about how it was all him the whole time and how it was actually him that figured out how to trap the goddess. And this is all being interspersed with, uh, with uh, her showing Thomas like how she used to be a free range goddess and now she's all trapped. And it shows him like slaughtering a very fake bunny rabbit and feeding the blood to her. And, uh, and we find out that the goddess just wants to be set free, like put an end to, she wants it all to burn down. Um, and all of this is going on while, uh, while um, 
Quinn is doing his thing and he's talking to Andrea and, and Jennifer and telling them that his plan for them is that he's just going to rape them all the time. And whenever they get pregnant, he's going to feed their babies to the goddess and this will make things good again. Yeah, yeah, the crops will just grow like crazy. Yeah, it loves rape babies, does this goddess. It's, it's, a, it's a remarkably terrible... <laughs> Yeah, he he goes from being one of the bad guys to like the entire bad guy in this movie. Just just the worst. We never get it explicitly stated that he wanted to fuck his daughter, but we got a very strong impression that his problem with all of this Jeremy business was that he wanted to fuck his daughter. Yeah, yeah. And this is his big chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mom's spaghetti right here. Um Let's see. Uh, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. If, if <laughs> okay, a couple things. Okay, when they first see the goddess and she's like just huddled down on the ground with her shawl over her head or hooded or whatever. Yeah. And they find her and she looks up. They don't, they're from behind her, but we see her camera shot. She looks up and she, she like smiles like, yeah. yeah. She's like, oh yeah, this is gonna go good. <laughs> yeah, like so she's she apparently doesn't have very good powers of foresight. No, no, she might be a, a nearsighted goddess. <laughs> okay. She's like, and oh then, yeah, men. <laughs> then also, if she's if they figured out how to bind this this goddess or how to trap her or whatever, how, how is she able to just occasionally get out and chase people through the poop tunnel or you yeah. know, like show up at the church window. Is it, it, are they apparitions? I mean, I didn't, I didn't understand that. So yeah, it seems like that would be like her self projecting visions yeah. out, but then also like, how was she lapping up the blood from the floorboard? Blord? Yeah, the floorboard. <laughs> yeah, floorb. <laughs> those, those kinds of things are weird, you know, and it, it's, they can be distracting, like in, um, uh, in the ritual, there's, you know, that the the Jotun is a shapeshifter, and it's like the movie just assumes that everyone watching the movie knows what a shapeshifter is. You know, I mean, we've probably most adults, if they like horror movies, kind of have an idea, but not enough to just assume that they they know what a shapeshifter is. You know, like they could have played up on that a little bit more. I mean, it's obvious when the when Dom is that his name? Dom sees his. <laughs> what he thinks is his wife come out of the woods. Yeah. You know, and then, and then it switches to him and it switches back and it's the fucking Jotun. I guess pretty obvious that it's a shapeshifter. It's not, it's not like his wife ran away and that thing showed up in the, in the second that we saw his fat face. Yeah. But that's just also, wish there was a little more exposition maybe about it. Yeah. That, but that was also like the only instance of the Jotun being a shapeshifter in that whole movie. That's true. I guess was, I'm remembering that I read that it was known for being one. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking there should have been more, which I guess there wouldn't. You know, if they don't tell you that, then they can do whatever they want with the story. But then back to this one with the witch, it's like, or the witch, the whatever she, tree goddess, witch yeah. person who blood field crop grows. I don't know what exactly. Like fertility goddess. Sure. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess she's she's able to like project her image or have some sort of effect, but not have full range of powers. Yeah, it's it's not very clear. It is interesting. I mm -hmm. don't 
I'm not super hungry for the answers to it, but it That's is, true. it is like, meh, I feel like something's getting lost there, but, but she's speaking, such a cool character that it would be just, yeah. it would be nice to have her fleshed out a little bit more. Yeah. And it's also, I guess the way that the end goes, it, it begs a different question. So well, well, we'll get we'll get to it. So yeah, speaking yeah, of yeah. the Jotun, uh, part of the thing is that she's begging him to end it. So he he uh, torches her. He like he starts uh, burns her in effigy, starting with her, but it's going to spread, I guess, through the whole island and even the buildings that aren't made out of sticks. Um, so he torches her. He says, "Forgive me," uh, and then. Um, then he's like running through the very pretty forest um, and sees Jotun effigies up in the trees where like they're people way high up in the trees stuck to the tree as a Jotun would do it in the movie, The Ritual. And I don't know why that is. (laughs) Yeah, why would they? I mean, we know that they make sacrifices to her, but they do it to feed her to maintain her being trapped. It's kind of like they flip the script on the on the traditional, you know, like Jotun type narrative where there's some sort of a god and the people have made some sort of weird arrangement with it, where in exchange for some gift that really isn't a gift, they will, you know, continue to feed this thing, whatever it is that it likes, I guess, in that case, fear Mm -hmm. um, or pain, sorry, suffering, Um, you know, but here it's like they flipped it around like they they discover this elemental goddess that is basically a, the natural like expression of this island or whatever. And they they trap her somehow, even though if they had played ball with her in the first place, she probably would have worked out some sort of arrangement with them where their crops would remain, who knows? Yeah. Well, I think it's supposed to be uh, um, like representative of the earth and them trying to harness the elements of the earth for industrial growth processes man (laughs) exactly and then of course it's not working and what's coming out is rotten and and everyone's uh at each other's throats about it very symbolic i guess does this movie does that like put this movie at a crossroads of folk horror and eco horror like is this an eco horror movie it kind of is. It's kind of a Luddite movie almost. It's it's like a, you know, like a, a cautionary tale about the uh, the endless pursuit of technological advancement, regardless of the risk. Yeah. Also, I have a question. Okay, so they have abandoned their belief in Bible God, and they mm-hmm. uh, they have now transferred all of their beliefiness into into <laughs> pagan pagan. Uh, 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 fertility goddess. Why is all? Why are all of their other beliefs still just stuck in Christian, like puritanical, like don't be fucking? It seems like these people would all be fucking. Yeah, that. Well, they they're not fucking because when whenever they fuck and somebody gets pregnant, they give birth to a pulpy tomato. Oh, uh, that's true. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> But the implication was that at at some point these things weren't happening. But I guess that probably they probably just mean that that probably just means that they, you know, in the short time that they've been there, because I don't think they've been there that long, you know, that 
it didn't take long before this horrible shit started happening. And they realized that, okay, the, the crops, we have the crops, but it wasn't long before, I don't know, because do they, do they basically talk about how there's some turning point where the crops start dying? Or is it just something that happens right away after they trap her? Man, I don't know. That that's good. I didn't I didn't get a firm timeline about things. Yeah. Um I, I don't mean, think it, they tell you. Yeah, I don't I don't think they do. So it, it could be like they got there and like day one it was bad. Like they got yeah. there and it was like the crops were good, but then like they reseeded and it was like the next harvest was already bad. I don't know. It's uh it's a good question though. But yeah. Fuck we'll them have, all. We'll have to ask Gareth. Yeah, Gareth. <laughs> Come down from where you're not thinking about doing the Raid 3 and tell us about this other movie that you're probably bored of now. <laughs> this, this stepping stone movie you made. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Thomas uh, shows up apparently now like everything's on fire like he he lit a little fire on the goddess but now everything is burning all the way to the subway tile she shed that quinn has trapped the ladies in it's burning on the outside um and thomas shows up there somehow he knows to go there i don't remember maybe like malcolm shows him the way i don't know but thomas and quinn go in for an awesome gareth evans style brawl it is brutal it is slammy and the whole time the ladies are chained to the wall um there's a shotgun involved it doesn't have an effect but then the ladies get it and uh, uh jennifer's like trying to figure out how to shoot quinn but not her brother and and andrea's like oh give it to me you dumb bitch she takes it and she shoots the chains off of the wall so that they can get free they're fighting it's not going thomas's way uh but then the ladies uh like he he stabs Quinn in the chest with a knife, and then Quinn is like actively like killing him, like choking him to death. And then the ladies wrap the chain around his neck and start tugging on him. And then Thomas grabs the knife sticking in his chest and just holds on while the ladies tug him the other direction and just cut his chest open like they are plowing a field and it is so intense and brutal and amazing because gareth evans does one thing really well and it is that <laughs> yeah it, the movie really comes together when gareth when gareth evans just cuts loose yeah yeah when he's like okay all right great actors i love it now let's really pour out some blood <laughs> Yeah, very nuanced performance. And now we need what you, I think, referred to as a tug-o-gut. Yeah, tug-o-gut. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's great. So Quinn's dead. Uh, the island is in a state of exploding. Everyone's getting away, I guess. And um, there's even uh, like a blood landslide in the cliff face <laughs> of the ocean. Yes. Yeah, it's very intense and I'm sure very symbolic. Um, and uh, Jennifer and Andrea are getting away, and they're like, come on, come on, our boy, come on with us. And he's like, no, 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 I'm tired now. Leave me behind, because he's, like, all fucked up. I think he got, like, his shit cut open. 
Didn't he get? Oh, that's right. He got gut shanked by yeah. Quinn about fifteen times. That's right. Yeah, he like got prison shanked by him. Yeah, he just dap, 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 dap. yeah. His entire situation is now perforated, and so he lays down on a scenic uh, cliff face in the grass. And Malcolm shows up. They don't say a single word to one another, and Malcolm just uh, hangs out near him as as thomas slowly dies and then the the plants the grass around him slowly crawls into his skin and and we get an idea that he's going to be the new goddess of the island movie over movie over i love the like embers floating through the air yeah yeah the it's first really time good. I, yeah the first time i saw the embers i thought there was flies that, uh, during the shooting <laughs> And I was like, oh, they must be using that corn syrup blood. And then I'm like, wait, those are embers. That was, <laughs> that was really well done. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is a, this movie is a huge departure from like the raid and stuff like that. I mean, he's, he's really good at directing this stuff. I, I, I don't know how much of this is his direction, but like all of the acting is just on point and dramatic. You, you said it Shakespearean. I hadn't thought of it, but it really it really gives that like air. Sometimes maybe the dialogue isn't up to that stuff, but other times it is, especially with with Quinn and Malcolm, like they are like so in it to be old, old Englandy style. <laughs> They're in it to, to win it in. <laughs> <laughs> yes and then and then it, it there are huge passages of just pure mind-numbing boredom but then he reels you back in where like it's boring and then all of a sudden something fucking awesome is happening yeah yeah like you don't you don't really care about thomas and you don't you don't know his sister at all yeah. so other than you know feeling sympathy for someone who's clearly being treated like shit you don't really have anything emotionally invested in her as a character. And that's the whole thrust of the movie. So, you know, and then it takes about two thirds of the film before you even figure out or before they tell you why uh, Thomas is such a knob, which is, which is kind of, it's like he loses his faith because he had a giant cross burned on his back during the boxer rebellion. Okay. That's fine. And becomes a drug addict or all right, whatever, to deal with the pain of the burning and the existential dread or whatever. That's, that's great, but it doesn't really matter. Like yeah. we, we got through almost the whole movie and no one was addressing why he was acting like, I mean, we, we always, we, the second we see him on screen, he's a loser. Yes. So who, who cares if he remains a loser or not? We don't need to know that he used to be a priest, Yeah, but maybe, maybe that lack of faith or maybe that was supposed to tie into him being butter because he's like the chosen one from her. She kind of she's like excited that he's there when when uh, you know when he first encounters her, the uh, the goddess. If I remember, I'm, I'm like remembering this now. That yeah, she get, she's all <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, she's totally horny for Thomas, and and it is like he's he is definitely the next chosen one. He's been chosen to take over for Malcolm, but also to take over for her, which. I think it is to take over for her. I think she's tired yeah. of being, maybe she was human at one point and she's tired of being the keeper of this fucking place and she wants someone else to do it. And he, she knows that he's the right kind of subject because of his faith. 
maybe that's why she was smiling when they first showed up and she was all be robed. Maybe she was like, well, none of these guys will do, but this one will at least do to get me over to the next guy that I need to show up. This is the first step towards me getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it really does seem like she's probably not a goddess. She's probably like the sacrifice that was mm-hmm. that is now in being inhabited by the spirit of the island or whatever. Yeah, it's almost like the actual force that we're talking about is something intangible that yeah. it, mani- it manifests, you know, and interacts with people in some way because it needs to or whatever. It's very cool. It is pretty cool, actually. It, it apparently required us to talk about it a little bit to flesh it out some, but but it it's a good idea. I mean, it plays well on screen anyway, so it's not like, you know, but I've seen this movie several times and like you, I mean, the first time I saw it, I liked it, but I had a lot of questions like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was this and that? And, you know, and, and now that we've both seen it repeatedly and discussed it for two hours, it's like <laughs> starting to kind of make some sense. yeah. Yeah, it was uh, like whenever you suggested this movie, you're like, yeah, have you seen it? I was like, yeah, uh, I had it on. I don't really like all I remembered from the movie was the scene where the guy was getting his head cut open by the Mm -hmm. by the uh, can opener. Mm -hmm. Um, Like that was the only memory I had of it. And then whenever I watched it again, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember all of this. I have no idea what it's about. (laughs) And it really does. Go ahead. I was going to say it's it's pretty much three quarters of character drama. Yeah. And and it's really it's it is strange because you mentioned it like we don't really it's hard to really give a shit about Thomas like other than his great face acting like I, I loved <laughs> the, the face acting there. But for for Tom, Thomas's character is super uninteresting and Jennifer's character is su- super uninteresting. They're just there to get us to the island where all of the good characters are. Yeah, that's true. The Isle of Good Characters. Yeah, so so we've got the whole situation with like uh, Jeremy and Fionn, who we're like instantly like into, like yeah, the young people, their youth, they're in love, they're making babies, go go go. And then like Andrea's like, oh my lord, must thou put a penis upon my vash? <laughs> and then you've got Malcolm and Quinn. <laughs> Oh my god! They're all really great, and their interactions are really good. The the like the the dynamic, the the little like social constructs that they put together. Frank and the fact that he is like done with all of this. It's all great. I love all of it, but I feel like I feel like it's kind of like. Um, the opposite of the problem with the empty man, you know, like with the empty man, he uh, he was given free reign to make the full length movie that he wanted. And mm-hmm. I feel like this happened here, too, but maybe it shouldn't have. Like, right. maybe this movie didn't need to be two hours and 20 minutes long. Yeah, it was too long. Yeah, it was too long. Like we we probably could have cut out the entire part, almost the entire part before they got on the boat like we could have started the movie at the shitty looking dock like the venetian dock and uh and like just picked it up from there and we probably wouldn't have missed out on anything and god maybe the sister didn't i don't know the whole boxer rebellion thing was i guess neat if you're really into like oh i specialize in the boxer rebellion and it's fun to see that referenced in a movie but it really feels like gareth evans learned what the boxer rebellion was and was like oh i'm totally putting that in a movie that's going in there oh man 
Kung Fu dudes mad at Christians? Sign me up. Gotta get Asian culture in here somehow. (laughs) It's, I mean, it's almost, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking like, did, did Quinn and Fiona even really need to be, and Jeremy for that matter, even need to be in the movie? I mean, they could have been written out and still made a pretty, it would have been tighter if he took that. But I mean, the, the threat that Quinn poses to Malcolm is, I did like that part, but Mm -hmm. he's just there for, for like tension and, you know, ultimately violent release, I guess. Um, Yeah. And that's what Gareth is is all about. So I guess there's that, (laughs) but yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, you could have told this story without them, but it, it it introduced to the good wrinkles, but I kind of feel like, I feel like what if Jennifer wasn't there? Like what if he just was like sent to the Island and, I don't know. I feel like there are lots of avenues to have tightened this movie up. Into, That's true. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're right. Jennifer didn't need to be there at all. Yeah, no, she was worthless to the movie. Yeah, they could have had any any other reason for him to get, you know, any reason, you know, oh, this the, this is the land of Huis, you know, and he could <laughs> yeah. have, have as much as he wants or whatever. And I mean, it, there's a million reasons why he could have been lured to the island instead of having some dumbass sister that no one cares about. Yeah. Sorry, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> it was great while it lasted, Jennifer. If it's any consolation, you get off the island with two other ladies. <laughs> yeah, and some rowboat guy who's there. Like yeah. they, they didn't really explain that, but you know it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> to to the Andrea Fian and some lady that had like an upturned nose and the rowboat guy. Yeah, I guess that was unsinkable Molly or something. Who <laughs> magically shows up in every movie that has a boat? <laughs> yeah, off in the distance, you could see one lady on a very large door that <laughs> could easily fit two people on it. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> She's got her hoop skirt on. Yeah. <laughs> when they land on the island, my initial thought was, "Oh my god, it's like Jurassic Park, but Puritans." <laughs> yeah, it's Jurassic pork. Yeah. <laughs> so, John, if you had to rate this movie on a scale of zero loathsome things to five loathsome things, with five being like all the way masterpiece and zero being like, why would anyone ever make or or admit to having worked on this movie? How would you rate this? I will rate this movie with a 3.3. Oh, dang. I uh, don't. I just, yeah, for the same reason that I gave, was it was it the ritual that I gave four and a half or something like that or something I gave a half. And the reason why I gave a half was because that extra half was like halfway towards an extra number that the movie just didn't quite deserve. And so like the halfway point would have been just about right. This for me should be just below that halfway point. <laughs> so like, so like a 3.4, it's like better than a three but not halfway better. (laughs) I don't know. What do you think? If you had to rate this movie between um, a giant gulch full of meat shit um, all the way on up to a liberated fertility goddess that takes the form of a, of a face actor, what would you, what would, what would you give this movie? Oh man. I love, uh, uh, I'll go ahead and say blood gulch. (laughs) 
my favorite Halo map. So that was a yes. good, good yes. <laughs> um, I, this might be the furthest apart we've ever been on a movie. I gave this a, you said 3.3? Yeah, yeah, I think it was 3.3 or 4. I don't know. We'll say three. We're going okay. with three. Uh, I gave this a 4.0. It's okay. uh, uh, like it was really good. The the acting was spot on. Mm-hmm. The action was brutal and intense and enjoyable. It was just um, the those long stretches of boredom that didn't need to be there. Uh, I mean, I loved it whenever he broke out of it. And it, maybe that was part of his plan. But it was just too long. It was it was too boring to like knock all the way up into like masterpiece area. Yeah. But um, I loved what it did with the genres. I love that that possible like tipping over from folk horror into eco horror. I feel like it's a it's a solid contribution in those areas. In some ways, it's kind of rote and and cliche. But like the the things that he brought to it were were so um unique uh like you you don't see a lot of really good fight choreography in horror movies so that was that was a really cool thing for him to bring over into mm-hmm. into the genre and, and i enjoyed seeing that um so so yeah it's 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 not a masterpiece but it's very enjoyable very mm-hmm. watchable so i gave it a four and out of the two of us that's a 7.3 out of 10 it does not crack the top 10 but uh, but it's still pretty good. That's a C. It's not bad. Yeah, I like that movie. I mean, I you know I've seen it several times before we even did this. Uh, it's, I, I mean, like one of the things I really like was the way that the the goddess was like as a like the way she looked and the way she was presented on screen, and I liked that a lot. Um, I like that she didn't speak English. They had to like subtitle what she said, which was cool. So we're probably the only ones who know what she's even saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and a baseball head, I didn't get. It just seemed like a Silent Hill outcast. <laughs> yes, I was instantly. I was like, okay, yeah, Silent Hill, uh, Slipknot. He's just here. <laughs> Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. He was. The- <laughs> He was the grind. He was the organ grinder for Slipknot. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Slipknot. Jesus. I mean, the, so there were there were things like that. Some little bit of missteps here and there, but I mean, overall, I really enjoyed it. I think the set design was amazing. The costumes yes. were great. The actors were good. They had enough money, I think, to make the movie that he wanted to make. So, you know, if he had issues with the film, I don't think it was necessarily financial. So that's that's good. I mean, I, I think the money was well spent. Yeah. Um, you know, some movies, you know, as, as we know, so many Hollywood movies have more than enough money and they still don't know what to do with it. Um, but, you know, so in, the, in, that, in that respect, the film was beautiful. I mean, it was shot well. Um, you know, all the all the technical stuff, I, I think it was, you know, pretty good quality. I just something was something was a little bit lacking in the in the depth of the storyline um, and and just the stuff some of the stuff that we talked about I think were the things that got me to knock off a little bit. But having said that, I mean it's I would definitely recommend it. I mean it's it oh was, yeah it, it was a lot of fun to watch for sure and even watching again and again you know yeah which yeah. you kind of have to do like you said yeah because it's 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 you can very easily miss something. Yeah. And be confused. But then again, you can watch it carefully multiple times and still be confused by some things. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like a convoluted mess, but at the same time, it's it's 
yeah, you do have to kind of pay attention or you get, cause shit happens fast. Yeah. And At times. And, <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that it was like him getting to make the kind of movie that he wanted to make. And I was thinking about like myself and talking about like the editing and stuff like that. I think it is good that he got to do this because if you had like a typical Hollywood editing job done to this movie, they probably would have like cut it to be less awesome and yeah. just all boring. Like if, if you'd yeah. gotten a Weinstein after this, it would have been terrible. Yeah, because they would have assumed, okay, if we're going to make this an actory movie, we need to pursue the intellectual people who don't want to see the violence. And if we're going to go with violence, we need to pursue the idiots and take yeah. out all the acting, you know, but that they, it was a mix of both, which was great. It was kind of refreshing to see that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty good. And I'm looking forward to the things that he's doing next. Um, that other one, Undying Love, that sounds awesome. I can't mm -hmm. wait to see that. That does look good. Yeah. Havoc, maybe, probably. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like uh, Tom Hardy, Timothy Oliphant, Forrest Whitaker, maybe. That sounds yeah. like a, a, a like the boring but exciting title 1994 movie that you've all forgotten about already. Like that sounds like that kind <laughs> of a movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Ooh. Safe ha Safe Haven is my favorite of the VHS skits. Oh, from VHS Trois? Yeah, it's uh oh, he co-directed and co-wrote it. That's what it is. What a little co-asshole. It was the it's it's the cult one with the the crazy doomsday cult in Indonesia. I don't he, know. He where they there's the the film crew goes out to shoot a little they're like news crew or something like that and they're going to investigate this weird cult and they just happen to get there right when like the, the time the doomsday time that this cult has predicted has arrived and all this crazy shit starts happening and they like this demon god comes and like attacks the combat compound and it's uh -oh. it's, it's uh he co-wrote and co-directed it with tijo i'll never be able to say his name but his it's uh it's uh what's his name timo tajanto he's, oh. an he's an indonesian director who made a movie called macabre oh that, yeah it is fucking great it's like a <laughs> super ridiculous takeoff on Ch texas chainsaw massacre um and he's a really talented director so yeah that that's my favorite of those movies Wow. Uh, no, I haven't watched. Uh, I haven't watched VHS or VHS two since we worked together. So I have no recollection of it at all. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I'll have to rewatch it though. I literally went back just to watch that one. It's the one. Do you remember the one where all the guys like there's all these kids in the building and they all pull their gun out at the same time and shoot themselves in the head? No. Like you don't remember that? Oh man, it's so good. I don't remember anything. <laughs> I have the worst memory, John. <laughs> like, what's been good about this is I've had to, like, pay attention to movies, and now I'll remember some things, whereas before, I would be like, I just watched it. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> what is this you are talking about? Yeah. Annihilation? <laughs> Never heard of her. <laughs> Rectum. Damn near killed her. <laughs> But yeah, um, no, it's really good. I uh, I actually I went back and I rewatched the Raid uh, Redemption uh, because I was watching this and I, I just 
always want to watch that movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. And, yeah, it was it was great. I'm still very sad that there will not be the Raid 3, but uh, that's okay, I guess. Gareth. He's also working on a Marvel movie, I think. Like, Oh, is he really? Uh, yeah, like some obscure superhero movie. Um, let me pull that up real quick. It says here that the tincture taken by Thomas throughout the film, throughout the first half of the movie, is likely laudanum. Laudanum or tincture of opium, which is comprised of opium powder and alcohol. Yeah, uh, brandy usually, right? Yeah, implied in the opening scene that his addiction is why he, he's thought to be dead prior to being located to help with his sister's rescue, whatever. Oh, oh yeah, he's so he's rumored to be directing the Deathstroke movie, which is... Huh? Uh, DC, not Marvel. Right. Oh, okay. Deathstroke, the, their version of uh, <laughs> of uh, what's his nuts? Deadpool. Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's the rumored director of the Deathstroke movie, and then he's also working on a movie called Blister, which oh. uh, no one knows anything about other than that he is directing and writing it. Huh. Okay. It's like all. It's all secrety, I guess. The uh, the summary for it is plot kept under wraps, described as an action drama. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So this movie was shot. This movie was shot in Wales mostly uh, on a set built at a place called Margam Park in Neathport, Talbot, Wales. Ah, upon Thames. Ew. It sounds very <laughs> fancy. Let's never go there. <laughs> It, I will say it did look like at any given point you might see a porg show up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've got a trivia question. Ooh. Do you want to answer a horror movie related trivia question? Sure, I can try. Okay, it's a <laughs> uh, it's complex. Okay, okay. All right, trivia time. <laughs> I don't know. Um, <laughs> In 1994, Wisdom Tree, a Christian video game developer, released the video game Super 3D Noah's Ark for the Super Nintendo. Mm. It was a 3D first-person shooter using the same engine as Wolfenstein 3D, but you played Noah traversing the Ark and shooting food at hungry animals, mostly goats. Uh, the game was not an official Super Nintendo game, and it was only available at Christian bookstores. Uh, the cartridge was unique because the only way that you could play it was you had to plug a real Super Nintendo game into the top of the cartridge. And this was actually the first game to bypass the Super Nintendo copy restriction where you couldn't play like pirated Super Nintendo games. And this was the first one to bypass that. And originally it was going to have a different kind of strange cartridge because the property that the game was in required a fuller color spectrum. So what they were going to do is they were going to put a extra processor in the game cartridge so that it would make the Super Nintendo game work better and it would have a better color palette. But they decided that this wasn't going to be affordable for customers and by the time that this was going to come out doom had already come out as a video game and they felt like it had overshot anything that they'd be able to do so they even though they had spent fifty thousand dollars on the license 
They decided to scrap the license. They were also worried that maybe it wouldn't fit in with their image as a Christian video game company. (laughs) So the trivia question is, John, what 1980s horror movie franchise did Wisdom Tree pay $50,000 to license for the game that would eventually become Super 3D Noah's Ark? They, oh God, I don't even have the slightest clue. They, They paid someone for the rights to use this idea? They they paid they paid the movie studio or whoever owned the the rights they paid them fifty thousand dollars for the license to make a video game of that movie franchise. Oh, okay. And I, I have no clue. It's a Christian shooter. I don't. It's a Christian game developer. It turned. They ended up turning it into a Noah's Ark game, but it was originally going to be based on a 1980s horror franchise somehow. If you'd like, I can do it uh, 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 Who Wants to Be a Millionaire style with four choices. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Was it? All right. So I'll, I'll say it again. What 1980s horror movie franchise did Wisdom Tree pay $50,000 to license for the game that would eventually become Super 3D Noah's Ark? Was it A, Halloween, B, A Nightmare on Elm Street, C, Hellraiser, or D, Sleepaway Camp? Oh, wow. I didn't think Sleepaway Camp would be in there. That's crazy. Uh, <laughs> that's a, wow, that's a whole different world, that movie. Yes. Um, um, wow. Uh, I would have guessed that that it would have been, I would have guessed maybe Friday the 13th, but I'm, I'm that's not there. So, wow, Sleepaway Camp. That's a weird one. I wouldn't have guessed that either. I, I'm just going to go with Nightmare on Elm Street. No, I'm sorry. It was actually Hellraiser. The guy that was in charge of this Christian game development company was a huge fan of the Hellraiser movie and I guess maybe even the sequel. And he paid the studio $50,000 to license it to make the Hellraiser video game. Wow. So that the movie was going to be called Hellraiser? The the video game. the, The game. Yeah. Yeah. Probably wow. something dumb like Super 3D Hellraiser, you know, something wow. like that. Oh, OK. Uh, yeah. But then uh, and that was it. Like he wanted a richer color palette because in order to capture the Hellraiser goodness and not just have everything be gray. Um, yeah. And um, and so that's why they were going to like go as far as to putting extra processing units in each cartridge. But eventually, like they just let the fifty thousand dollar license expire and they went with Noah's Ark where you shoot food at goats. Wow, that is so weird. What a weird piece of trivia that is. Yes, I uh, I had I had been like uh, our last one. We were talking about how the dude's uh, directing a Hellraiser TV series. Uh-huh. So I started like doing a little bit of basic Wikipedia research on Hellraiser, and I came across like in other media, and it talked about this video game, and it got me on this whole thing of yeah, like there was going to be a a, a Christian game studio was going to release the first Hellraiser video game, but then didn't. Makes me think of those. Oh, that's so weird. It makes me think of those ET, the ET game that was such a bomb that they just put it in a landfill. <laughs> yes, yes. I think wow. there was also a Lord of the Rings video game that was broken, and you couldn't like, you couldn't beat the first level. So it was just, it was just nothing. Like you played, oh, wow. like yeah. <laughs> so it's like some of the first level, and that's it. Yep, that's it. <laughs> then you're stuck. <laughs> Wow, that's yes. fantastic. All right, so that was trivia time. Yeah, I liked it.
Uh, if you have a question for us to answer on the air or a trivia question for one of us to try to guess the correct answer of, you can send that to us, reach out to us, let's see, uh, on Twitter or Instagram at LoathsomePod, Facebook at Loathsome Things, or you can email us, and I even checked what our email address is this time, John. Our email address is loathsome things at gmail.com yes that one will actually get the message to us i like it yes so so send us your questions send us your trivia questions and tell us uh tell us what you think is cool about this movie uh about his other movies or about other movies adjacent to this movie and give us some reprimandations. Yeah, reprimand us on Utunes and yeah. Spoodafoo. Ooh. Yeah, Spotify. Not in trouble with anyone right now. No one angry with Spotify about any reason. Nope, just a fine, wholesome, family-friendly organization. What a what a great company that's just going about the business of taking over podcasts from regular folks and doing great things with it. Because if there's anything that a listening audience likes, it's to get something free and then later be forced to pay for it. <laughs> yes. Oh, John, do you have any final notes for the nice people before we depart and go our own ways and talk about other things with other folks that aren't our listeners? There's so many uh, great horror movies out there that you can access so many different ways, including spending very little money. Um, if you've got an internet access or you've got, you know, like uh, one of the uh, interface type devices, like the one that starts with an R that allows you to watch various different streaming channels and things like that. You know, if you have a Roku or you've got a oh, Amazon, Apple TV or whatever, the Chromecast. Devices. Yeah. If you've got a Chromecast then and you have a decent internet connection, you have access to thousands and thousands of horror films including some of the very best ever made including all kinds of schlock i mean it's you'll keep yourself busy for a lifetime with this stuff i recommend it highly oh yeah oh yeah that honestly my favorite is the uh, free streaming services where you just mm-hmm. have to watch really really shitty commercials in order to watch awesome horror movies for free tons of stuff that i've never heard of and then i watch it and it's great <laughs> I watched last night. I watched like when when my kids come over, we watch, you know, that a lot of times they'll want to watch a horror movie because they know I like horror movies. So they want to watch them with me. So like last, last weekend, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre with my son, which was amazing. Yes. And last night I watched Poltergeist with my daughter. And I have to say that after watching that movie, there's a lot of gelatin in that movie. Yeah, it's real sticky. There's like that whole thing where they're the rope where they pull her through the house, through the portal in the ceiling and the mom and the daughter come through and they're just completely covered in like pink gelatin. Just, yes. It's disgusting. <laughs> That's a goopy movie. It is very goopy. And uh, uh, I, it's, it's pretty good. It's, it's very, uh, it's very Spielbergy. It is very Spielbergy. Craig T. Nelson is awesome. He really carries that movie for me. Yeah. And then of course, when they bring once or nuts, the, uh, this house is clean. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> She's fantastic. But uh, yeah, that movie's entertaining. Some of the effects are pretty bad, but yeah. Oh, when the guy peels the skin off in the in the 
bathroom, like one of the paranormal investigators, and you can see the person, like their arms reaching around the prosthetic head, like very awkwardly trying to make it look like it's their own head. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay. Yeah, that's that's what Spielberg money gets you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's that part. That's not a, a great part, but it's it's a fun romp. It's 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 no Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Hey, there's a question. Did you watch the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre? You know, I tried to, I started it and it was so bad. I just stopped. Yeah. <laughs> I just, the, there's a scene where he's like, goes in an ambulance with his aunt or whatever the fuck she's supposed to be to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just like, I'm done. I can't, yeah. I can't do this. This is so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty bad. That means that you didn't even get to the part where there is a bus full of social media influencers it's like, oh, I really feel like the director is holding an old grudge that's kind of out of date now. He's like, oh, you know what people love? People love Leatherface just murdering a, a bus full of young people that actually do have money and uh, are, are Instagramming about it. Oh, yeah. That's what the people want nowadays. Yeah, it's really yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah. If you want to if you want to watch a good bus fight, watch Nobody. That movie is amazing. Nobody. I'm going to have to look that up. It's the Bob Odenkirk movie. The Revenge movie. Yes. It's so good. It is. I I have to see it. It looks really good. I love Bob Odenkirk already. And I've I've heard that the soundtrack to it is actually pretty good. The whole thing. It is. The whole thing is great. Don't read too much about it. And it's it's just nice to just take the story in as it is. Because they do a really good job in the trailer of not giving anything away. Mm-hmm. And, and and making you think things that aren't necessarily true until you watch the movie or aren't exactly clear. Like they, they try to hint at stuff that then you watch the actual movie and it's like, oh, it's really good. And the violence in that movie is insane. There's awesome. about there's like a 10 minute bus fight with no music, just fighting sounds. And it is gruesome. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to check that out. I am very surprised that out of all of the, uh, all of the Mister Show people, he's the one that has ended up with the biggest, like, uh, uh, respectable Hollywood career. That I was not. I was not expecting that. I mean, of course, you know, Tom Kenny's got that, uh, mm-hmm. that SpongeBob money, but, uh, but yeah, yeah. But Bob Odenkirk's just, just kicking ass now in his elder age. Yeah, no kidding. He's like. He's like the boss now, and they're gonna and they'll definitely make a sequel. They've set it up. Oh, nice. Oh, maybe we'll get uh nobody versus John Wick at some point. <laughs> I know it's the same director. Oh, really? Yeah. Awesome. All right, I have to watch it then. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is in it. Oh, yes, really? I thought he was like basically dead. He he you think he is in the at part of the movie, but it's it's amazing. Okay, that's awesome. The last time I saw him, that he was in this uh, this dumb movie about like I am not a serial killer. Serial killer. Yeah, it's like, oh Lloyd, this is where you came back for. <laughs> no <Nah>, man, <laughs> I thought that movie was okay. You didn't like it? It wasn't for me. I listen. I used to listen to a podcast by uh, about by authors, and one of uh-huh. the authors uh, is the guy that wrote the story that that thing was based on. And so I just heard him talk about it too much. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was so like my baby about it, and so I was just <laughs> like, all right, I pre hate this. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck your baby. <laughs> 
Good quote pool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. Go watch horror movies and don't be shitty about Ukraine. Yep. Bye.